Welcome to the MOP Voice. I'm Eliazar. And I'm Dacia. This podcast has been brought to you by Seeds. We are the fruit of our past generations. Now it's our turn to invest. So join us in today in sowing a seed. As you listen, one way you can support us is by leaving us a star rating on your listening platform. You can share this with your local youth group, family, and anyone that will be blessed by it. And today we are so excited to have a special guest with us here today. We're going to be talking about the subject operating in the spirit. And I want to go ahead and introduce her. So a little bit of background of Sister Rebecca de Leon. She currently resides in Sanger. She is the first lady of Fowler along with her husband, Pastor Bobby de Leon. She's the national woman's treasurer. And she has two MOPs and one junior. And today we are so excited to have her on the podcast. So Sister Rebecca, why don't you go ahead and take a few moments and greet our listeners. Amen. Praise the Lord to all of our MOP listeners and anyone else who is enjoying this podcast. It is an honor and it is a blessing to be with you all. Um, Sister Dasha, we've known for quite some time and it's a blessing to meet Brother Eleazar and just to be with you this morning and to share on such an amazing and powerful topic that is near and dear to my heart. Amen. Thank you for joining us. So today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about operating in the spirit. And I think one of the first things that it is important to understand is that we do live in a spiritual world. Yes. Uh, Every day there are fleshly battles. We battle against principalities and high powers. And so I want to ask you, Sister Rebecca, how important is it to understand that every day we are in a spiritual realm? Amen. Um, well, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are living in a spiritual world. Nothing is coincidental. Mm. Nothing is by chance. Um, We know that there is a God. We all believe that there is a God. But if we believe that there is a God in heaven, we must believe that there is a devil in hell. Mm. And so there are two forces that are constantly at work. Right. The spirit, which is trying to get us to do the things of the spirit. And then again, the principalities of darkness which come against the flesh Mm. and so i always like to say you know why is it that on sunday morning we don't feel well why is it on midweek service that we get upset something happens the car doesn't start you know and it's it makes it to where well i was gonna go to church Mm. but i was on my way to sunday school but Mm. And a lot of it, we don't understand that it is a spiritual battle. And so we, we have to know a lot of times we talk about the presence of the Lord and, and God and the angels and it's beautiful, right? but we have to remember that just like there's angels, there's demons, Mm. just like there's a God in heaven, there's a devil in hell. And so we constantly have to be um, diligent and vigilant knowing that there is a force out there that is trying to cause us to fall, to stumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have to keep that present all the time. I even think about just the basic things in nature. Even just growing up, I remember coloring with my crayons. If I was going to color with a certain color, let's say uh, black, well, the opposite of that would have been the color white. Even just in nature, there are oppositional 
you know, forces yes. of just contrast. How much more in the spiritual realm that if there is a good, there has to be an evil. Yes. So I think in order to fight against darkness, we have to first understand that we are in a spiritual realm and we are fleshly creatures but living absolutely in a spiritual realm as well yes definitely and i always um like to to think about it this way um when the lord sends a word you know and i think sometimes we don't really understand that the demons are fallen angels mm. so they have um, almost the same powers as angels. And so they understand the heavenly language mm. to the point where they know when, when God has declared a word, it's going to happen. Mm. And so, you know, we have to go back to, to the Bible where it says that when God um, cast the devil out of heaven, the, the word of God says that he took one third of the angels with him. Right. And so that one third becomes demons, mm. fallen angels. So I always like to think, and I get really excited, but I like to think about when the angels are talking, mm. you know, when God is getting ready to release a blessing, when God is getting ready to take a young person, a person in general to another level in their spiritual walk with God, it's like God calls the angels and says, I'm going to dispatch you mm. to Sister Dasha. I'm about to do something in her life. I'm about to take her to another level in her ministry, in her leadership. The fallen angels have heard that. Mm. And just like there's angels that God sends to your rescue, to protect you, to be with you in that moment of transition, there are demons that the enemy sends as well to bring distraction. And that is why we often hear that before the greatest breakthrough, before the greatest comeback, mm. there's an attack. Right. And that attack comes from the principalities of darkness against the, the, the heavenly realm. And so we already know who the winner is. Yes. yes. It's always going to be, you know, mm -hmm. God. But we have to understand. And I always like to think when I'm in a battle, I like to stop and think, okay, wait a minute. I feel like this and I feel like that. But it doesn't matter how I feel. There is a God in heaven that is on my side. Yes. He is fighting for me. He's already won. I already have the victory. Mm -hmm. I may feel like I'm stuck. I may feel like I'm not going to make it. But that's where I have to stop and understand it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. 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 Yes, that's that's so true. And I like that you mentioned that when Satan was cast or Lucifer was cast out of heaven, Bible says he took one third of the angels. And I think it's so comforting to know that we have at least two thirds amen. on our side. So Definitely. it's not an even playing field. The devil does not. Uh, uh, he is not the opposite of God. Because there is no opposite to God. He That's has right. no power over him. The, the Bible says that uh, we are the head, not the tail. Mm -hmm. And so there's such a uh, an anointing and power that comes when we have the spirit of God to the point where victory is a decision. It, it's going to happen, but it's up to you to know if you want to, to, if you want to allow God to work in you to have the victory, because the victory will always be there because God has defeated the enemy on the cross and he has taken all the opposition that can come against us. But Amen. it's up to us to operate in the power of the spirit. How important is it? Is this, is it for us to 
uh, know that we have that power when we minister, when we're living our daily lives? Well, I always like to go back to um, Acts 1.8, and it says, And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us. So if you have the Holy Ghost, Mm -hmm. and what is the evidence of the Holy Ghost? It is the evidence of tongues. Mm -hmm. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, not only does the Holy Ghost lead you to all truth and understanding, that's that's very true, that's a bonus, Mm. but... What the Holy Ghost is, is dynamite. It's dunamis. It's power from on high for us to operate in the spirit and to understand we have the Holy Ghost inside of us. So what does that mean? That means that when those principalities of darkness come against us, when we feel the opposition of, you know, hell coming up against us, we can just open up our mouth and we can just declare the word. In the name of Jesus, by the authority that is in that name, something is going to happen. The Bible says that at the very mention of the name of Jesus, every demon trembles. Mm -hmm. And that is why it is is important to understand that it's not our, um, our positions, our titles, our, you know, years as baptized apostolics that is going to to make the difference and is going to help us overcome what really matters is having the Holy Ghost yes. present and understanding the power we carry. Sometimes we don't understand the power we carry. Well, yeah, I have the Holy Ghost. You know, how right. can you say you have the Holy Ghost? So sad. Mm. It's like I got the Holy Ghost. Yes. I got dunamis. I got power. Power to what? The Bible says power to tread upon serpents. Yeah. Power to call those things that are not as if they were. Yes. Power to declare, you know, war on the enemy and let the enemy know you can blow, you can huff, you can puff, but I'm I'm planted, I'm rooted, I'm founded on the rock, and there's nothing that's gonna be able to derail me or to throw me off course. Amen. I can think of just the other week I went to the bank and in order to open up this new account that I wanted to get because I switched banks, I had to sign a contract and it was my name on the contract that made it official. Mm. And when I think about the Holy Ghost, it's so powerful, but sometimes we make it so complex, but this is just the narrative of what it is. It is God's indwelling inside of you. Yes. It's God's signature upon you. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's like God has signed off on you and has said, you're mine. My name is written upon you. You now belong to me. You correspond to me. It's the name that makes it official. It was my name that made it official at the bank. So when we have the Holy Ghost, there is a signature of God that is upon us. And because his indwelling power is inside of us, we have the power to operate. We have the power to absolutely portray that power that he has placed inside of us. And we would want everyone to receive the Holy Ghost because it's such a beautiful thing. And so I want to ask you, sister, if there is someone that maybe we we see that hasn't received the Holy Ghost and we want to pray them through the Holy Ghost to get this beauty, how can we go about that? Um, I think I think what you said is so true. We overcomplicate. Um, the Holy Ghost is a gift. Yes. And the Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance. That's right. 
So when God gives us a gift, he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't say, well, depending on um, you're worthy, you're not worthy. The gift of the Holy Ghost is a gift that God freely gives. Um, One of the things that we need to remember is that in order to receive a gift, you have to be willing to accept the gift. Right. I can bring a gift to you and, you know, thinking about the holidays that, that just passed. You know, during Christmas, we all gave a gift. And it's easy to receive a gift. But what happens when you give someone a gift and they don't want to take it? No, I, I can't accept that gift. Or, you know, it sounds cruel, but I don't want to accept a gift from you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that is... That is a reality to some. And so when I think of the Holy Ghost, it's always a question. It's an invitation. How many of you want to receive the Holy Ghost today? In a service, you hear a lot of times the preacher will ask, how many of you do not have the Holy Ghost? And you see hands go up. If you do not have the Holy Ghost and would like the Holy Ghost, come up. And so to me, that's important because somebody that does not willingly want the Holy Ghost is not going to receive it. Yeah. You can pray through and you can, you know, pray for them for four hours. Nothing is going to happen, not because God can't, but because the individual has to be willing and has to desire that gift. So I always like to ask people, do you want the Holy Ghost? And then. Even if the person with them is like, she doesn't have the Holy Ghost. I still ask the person, do you want the Holy Ghost? That's good. You know, that's the most important question. Do you want it? Mm. As soon as they say yes, then you go. Mm. What do you mean by that? Do you want the Holy Ghost? Yes. Okay. I just, just follow me here. The gift of the Holy Ghost is yours. It's free. It's a free gift God wants to give you. Mm -hmm. But in order for you to accept this gift, you have to be free. So repeat after me or I'm going to pray for you, whatever you feel more comfortable with. Repent. Repent of whatever you have to repent of. And it doesn't have to be out loud. You don't want the person to hear you, you know, but just repent inside. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry of all my wrongdoings. And then you have to invite the spirit of the Lord inside of you. Open up your mouth and begin to say, Lord, fill me now. Just say the name of Jesus. Lord, fill me in the name of Jesus. Fill me. And as they begin to do that, you would begin to pray over them. In the name of Jesus, God, fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I always like to tell people, especially if they're um, if they're visitors, if they've never been in the environment, it can be somewhat intimidating. So what I tell them is, your mouth is going to begin to move on its own. Don't get scared and don't stop it. Because if you stop it, you can stop the gift. Mm-hmm. So just, and when your mouth starts moving, just let it go. Just go with it. No one's watching you. This is just you and God. And I've seen people be filled instantly. 
I've seen people that it takes a little bit longer. And a lot of times, what is the difference? A lot of times people get nervous. People get scared. They're like, oh, wait a minute, my mouth's moving. Mm -hmm. I've never done this. I don't Mm -hmm. recognize this. And so they get scared. The natural person gets scared and they quench it. They stop it. And that's okay. Let's try again. Mm. You know, so that's, um, I was recently, um, well, I say recently because it just, it's just so fresh in my mind, but we were in the country of Paraguay and there was souls that had never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I was ministering to a group of women and we were sharing the word and the Lord just told me, stop, stop right now. Make an invitation for those who want to receive the Holy Ghost. And so I did. I said, how many of you want the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? And all these ladies came up. And I was like, wow. You know, in my mind, I was like, okay, Lord, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I just, I just gave them a brief overview. They all prayed, they all repented, they all began to invite the Spirit of the Lord. And the Lord told me, you are going to say my name. And when I say, when you say my name, I'm going to fill them. Mm. And I looked at the ladies and I said, don't be afraid. Your lips are going to begin to move. You're going to begin to speak. Just, Just go, just go. The ladies were looking at me. They were already feeling the power of God. Wow. And the Lord said now, and I just said in the name of Jesus, by the authority that is in that name, the gift of the Holy Ghost falls now. And that God is my witness from the left to the right. These ladies begin to be filled, begin to speak in other tongues. The, um, the missionaries that were there were, were, you know, helping minister and the, the pastor's wives began to just declare the word and the Holy Ghost filled over 50, 55 ladies with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when it was all said and done, they said, I don't know what happened, but I feel good. Mm. And they just, they were ready. They were ready. Wow. And, and so, you know, it's, it's operating in the spirit. And I'm probably jumping ahead, but operating in the spirit is, is being sensitive to the voice mm. of God and not doubting. Yes. The first voice is always God. Yeah. The second voice is the enemy. Mm. Imagine being in your seat and they make an altar call and you're like, I'm going. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, never mind. They're going to look at me. They're going to think something's wrong with me. That first initial thought, go, that was God. That was the, mm. the Holy Spirit prompting you to go. That second voice, that second thought, they're going to look at me. They're going to think I'm weird. That is the enemy stopping you That's from good. receiving your blessing. Wow. And I am so thankful that you mentioned this. And I feel this definitely takes us into the direction that we wanted to go. What a beautiful story, by the way. That just gave me chills. Uh, Amen. When it comes to, of course, operating in the spirit, we know that there needs to be a sensitivity to the voice of God. What would you tell a young person that maybe doesn't know how to identify that? How do you be sensitive? I've seen many people, uh, just I've even seen you operate, sis, uh, where 
you know what the Lord is calling you to do. You know how to identify things in the spirit. You know when the gifts want to operate in the spirit. How would you say we can become more sensitive to the voice of God and how can we recognize that? I know we touched on a little bit about that, but we can definitely dive deeper into that. Amen. Um, Again, I think that in this 21st century, we have become very self-absorbed. We come to church and our mind is uh, going 100 miles an hour. Um, What do I have to do? What are we going to eat after church? Mm. Is my friend coming? What am I going to do? Oh my God, these shoes. I don't, I shouldn't have worn these (laughs) shoes. And we're just thinking about all kinds of things. And a lot of times we don't invite the Holy Spirit into our services. It's midweek. I'm just going because I have to run the sound because I'm on the praise team. So I'm going to go do what I have to do. And then, and that hinders Mm. the spirit of the Lord to move freely. So the first thing is when we go to the house of God, we're busy. We're always busy. And it's, it's a good thing. We're not just busy doing nothing. A lot of times we are being intentional and we are working in the kingdom. But when we walk into the house of God, everything goes out the window. Right. And we need to make ourselves available. God. Yes. I'm here and I'm expecting something. In our local church, I tell the young people, don't come to church for an ordinary midweek, for an ordinary Sunday. Come to church expecting the unexpected. On any given Wednesday, on any given Sunday, God can do the miraculous. Yes, amen. And we um, we were in a, in a Wednesday service. I just have to share this. We're in a Wednesday midweek service, and we're having a regular service, and the power of God falls. And one of the things about the gifts of the Spirit is that we serve a God of order. Yes, I Everything agree. Everything will always be done decently and in order. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 18, it says, um, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. Mm -hmm. When God has gifted you, you don't, you will not operate out of order, right? You will, everything will align. And for me, I felt that particular, it was a Wednesday and I felt God giving me he was like, I'm going to release the gifts right now. I I remember I turned, I looked at the pastor, which is my husband also, and I just looked at him and I turned around and I, I remember in my mind I said, Lord, you're going to do this. Amen. I'm not going to say there's something I have to say or God's prompting me. No. Mm-hmm. And immediately within about, 60 seconds, the pastor said, I'm going to hand it over. First Lady Rebecca, do what God is telling you to do right now. Mm -hmm. And I felt the backing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I remember I said, God wants to deposit a miracle right here, right now. Wow. And I said, if you are crazy enough to believe God for your miracle on a Wednesday night, run up here because God has a miracle. Mm. And this young lady, 
Um, she had been married a, f- a couple of years, had not been able to have a baby. She um, was pregnant a couple of times and lost it. And she was emotionally, you know, drained and just tired. And But I, I'll never forget, she ran up. And as soon as she ran up, the Lord spoke to me and says, I'm going to do it now. Wow. And I just looked at her and I said, sister, do you believe? And with tears in her eyes, she says, I can feel it. I, can, I still feel the Holy Ghost Aww. just thinking about. And I remember the Lord told me, put your hands on her womb. I put my hands on her womb and I just said in the name of Jesus. And as I did that, I felt the power of God come through me. Wow. She received the power of God. The Holy Ghost took over. And for the honor and glory of God, here we are about a year and a half later. And she has a beautiful six month baby boy. Praise God. Wow. You know, so and this happened on a Wednesday night. And then the Lord confirmed the word that he had given the pastor and the pastor said, we need to stop thinking that Wednesdays are just a midweek service Mm. where I can miss. I'll wait till Sunday. God only moves on Sunday. That is a wrong mentality. Mm. God will move any day of the week. Yes. At any moment, if you are willing to put yourself to the side. And so sharing that story, I just, I just wanted to encourage somebody with that, but to be sensitive is you cannot fear. Right. You have to put yourselves in the hands of God and say, God, lead me. Emotions, my human nature has to die. I can't look at Brother Eleazar and say, well, he looks sad. I'm, I'm pretty sure he needs, he needs God to, to bless his finances. If, I, if I'm acting in the flesh, right. I'm going to say, Brother Eleazar, God is going to bless your finances. Out of respect, he's going to smile at me, and mm-hmm. he's probably going to raise his hands and, and allow himself to be prayed for. But he's going to be like... Pick up an offering or something. Yes, he's going to be like, actually, my finances have never been better. All right, he's buying lunch today. <laughs> you know, God is not... God will never put you to shame. Mm. Ever. But you have to make sure that it's God... And not your emotions. That is so good. God will never put you to shame. Can you just say that again and touch on a a little bit about that? God will never put you to shame. You asked earlier, how do you know that God is prompting you? God will work in the smallest. You know, sometimes we we expect like lightning and Mm. thunder. You know, sometimes it's in that still small voice. Yes. You're sitting there. A young person walks into your church. You look at them and immediately you feel sadness. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, I wasn't sad. Mm. That's God trying to tell you. Yes. Pray for their heart. I sent them here. Pray for them. Mm. And sometimes we're like looking around I'll leave that to the minister. I'll leave that to the pastor. Mm. But if God put that in your spirit, it's because God wants to use you to minister. Um, Early on, early on, um, I went to prayer night in the local church. And um, I was, it was at the very beginning of when the Lord started depositing the gifts of the spirit. And I remember I was praying 
I was just, you know, kneeling down. I was praying. There was nothing, you know, crazy going on. Everybody was in their spot. And I remember that all of a sudden I opened my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, there was a certain sister. She got up from the altar and she's walking to her seat. I knew this sister. When I looked at her, I literally heard a voice that said, she's hungry. She needs food. Mm -hmm. And I looked all around. There was nobody around me. And I remember I, I, I looked at her like, like, what is happening? And then I thought, maybe I'm the one hungry. <laughs> Look at, I opened my eyes. I was distracted. You know, maybe I'm the one thinking about food. And then I remember looking at her and I'm like, she works. I know she has a job. How can she need food? So I basically sat there and just kind of went like back and forth with God. I went back to praying. I ignored it. I went home. Within 24 hours, I receive a call from the local ladies president. And she says, praise the Lord, Sister Rebecca. I'm calling because we have a need within our church. There's a sister that needs food. And of course, she didn't share her name because you don't do that. But immediately, the Holy Ghost reminded me of what wow. had happened at that prayer meeting. And I didn't even hear the rest of her conversation. I interrupted her and I go, sister, is it sister so-and-so? And on the other line, you could tell she got quiet because, like, who asks, you know, is it sister so-and-so? And then I said, sister, it's okay. There's a reason that I'm asking. Is it sister so-and-so? I know it is. And she goes, yes. How did you know? Wow. And I said, Wow. The Lord was telling me, he was giving me an opportunity to meet a need. Mm. But because I was hesitant and doubtful, the need was still met. The Lord is still going to work with or without us. Right. We just get the blessing of being part of it. Mm. After that, I never, ever doubted again. If the Lord told me, go pray for that person Go tell them everything's going to be all right. When you operate in the spirit, you go. Yes. There's no time because if you stop and say, wait a minute, is it really God? Did I really hear that? You've already allowed doubt to come in. Exactly. And once doubt comes in, everything gets cloudy. And um, to end on that prayer, you cannot operate in the spirit without prayer. Amen. A life of prayer will make it to where when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you and the gifts begin to flow, you will not doubt. You will not fear because you understand it's God, not me. Amen. I'm just the vessel. So when I told that young lady that I mentioned earlier, I said, God, it's already done. Get ready, sister, because you are going to have a baby. The enemy comes quick. What if it doesn't happen? Yeah. You're a liar. Everyone's going to talk about you. And that's where you have to turn around and say, you know what, devil? It's not my word. Yeah. It's God's word. Yes. So I don't have to be worried about it coming to pass or not because it's not mine. But that's where you have to be very careful that you operate in the, in the spirit and not in your own emotion.
That's so good. Listening to all those powerful testimonies, it reminds me of when Paul said that the gifts are for the edification of the church, right? How to know if a gift is, 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 is approved by God is because it's edifying the church. And not only that, uh, the gift is not for your own self-exaltation. Amen. It's for the glory of God. Yes. Right? You think of the book of Acts um, when people were receiving the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that there was a man named Simon, Simon the sorcerer. And he he said, I want that power. Yes. I want to pray people through the Holy Ghost. And he said, how much is it going to cost me? Peter said, you are foolish. You cannot buy Amen. the gifts of God. Right? And just thinking about how important it is you mentioned prayer having that personal relationship with god is so important when you're operating in the gifts of the spirit because if you if you're operating without love it is so possible to even abuse or misuse the gifts how important is it to have love in all you do when you're ministering uh when god reveals something to you uh paul says the greatest of all these gifts is charity is love how important is love? Amen. Well, love, the Bible says that God is love. Yes. So when the Holy Ghost is inside of us, that's the spirit of God inside of us. Amen. When the gifts are deposited, as you mentioned, it is for the edification of the church. All glory and honor goes to God. But if you cannot do it in love, mm. it's not going to happen. It's in so, vain. It is in vain. And as you were mentioning, Simon the Sorcerer, I was, I was reminded of the sons of Skevia, yeah. um, where they saw, yeah. yes, they saw. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, they were like, you know what? We can do that too. When the demon-possessed um, man came, they said, we know the name. Mm-hmm. We've been watching them say in the name of Jesus and this happens, that happens. So we're going to try it. And they thought they could just mention the name and something, you know, was going to happen. But the, the, the difference was that when they said in the name of Jesus, the demon comes at them mm-hmm. and says, Peter, I know, but who are you? Mm, that's so good. In other words, you're mentioning the name, but there ain't nothing happening because there's no power behind the name. It's not just knowing what to say. It's not just going up to people and saying, you know, God wants to bless you. God loves you. But you have to know the power behind the name. Yes. Amen. Amen. And yes. you have to carry the love that is connected to the name. Amen. And when you have that understanding that comes through prayer, that comes through fasting, when you operate in the gifts, you understand this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I I love that God does is that when he gives you, because it's not always going to be, God's going to bless you, sister. God's going to give you a child, sister. God's going to heal you, brother. Sometimes God will give you a word of correction, a word of rebuke. Right. Yeah. And what I've learned is that when God's given me that, when everything is said and done, I don't remember anything. And so I've had people come up to me and say, sister, do you remember what you said to me? And I'm like, I don't. (laughs) And I know that that's God shielding me. 
because I don't need to know what you've got going on in your life. My job is to love you, pray for you, and give you the word that God has given me to give you. Mm. Not my word, not my rebuke, you know, and I don't want to walk away thinking, wow, I can't believe that they did this. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. no. So love is so important because anything done outside of love, you cannot connect to God. Yes, it's so true. Because God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved us so much that it was an act of love that took him to the cross, that kept him there. It was not the nails. It was not the soldiers. You know, we all know the greatest story of love is Christ giving his life for us. Yes. So anything that we do has to be done in love. Amen. Otherwise, it's null and void. Amen. Absolutely. Love is the greatest characteristic of Jesus. I even think about when Jesus... There's a portion of scripture that says Jesus was moved by compassion. Yes. Can you imagine how effective we would be as vessels if we are moved by compassion and love in everything that we Amen. do? That's just like piercing my heart right now that when we minister to people, they know that we love them. Yes. We may not know everyone's name. We may not, maybe it may be the first time meeting, but we minister from a place of love. They feel that. Yes. People know when you are ministering from a place of love. And I think that changes the approach. It, yes. it, it, it truly resembles the heartbeat of God when we are moved by compassion and we minister from a place of love because that is the greatest characteristic of Jesus. Amen. Well, we had such a great conversation today. Thank you so much, Sister Rebecca de Leon, once again for joining us. We pray that this is a blessing to all of the listeners that are joining us. And I want to go ahead and give Sister Rebecca a few moments to go ahead and share uh, some final thoughts here with all our listeners. Amen. Um, I know that the, the population is the MOPs. Um, and so I do want to encourage you that the gifts are not reserved for a certain age group or you have to be a pastor's wife. You have to be a pastor. Yes. You have to be a minister. You have to be, you know, 25 and over, you know, 35 and over. Um, You can be as young as, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't even want to put a number because there is no limit to what God can do. The key is to be an willing vessel and as brother Eleazar mentioned understanding that all glory goes to god the minute we try to take any glory for ourselves the moment that we think that it is by our own merit our own power our own um you know because i pray more because i i'm just amazing you know that is a once we get away from the humility Mm. the Bible says that pride cometh before a fall. Mm -hmm. As soon as we allow pride into the picture, as soon as we think, I, I, it's me, God can no longer use you. And it's not because 
He can't, he doesn't want to, he doesn't love you, but it's because you've allowed these other things to. Right. So if you are a MOP listening, you know, and, and the gifts have to be um, cultivated. Yes. So you may start off like, wait a minute, I don't know why, but when I passed by that certain individual, I just felt like I should buy them coffee. I just felt like I should just tell them Jesus loves you. And you might think, well, that's simple. That's, you know, that's not the gifts. Mm. But that can be the start of the gifts of the spirit in your life. A gift of discernment, a gift of prophecy, you know, a gift of healing. And so you never know. And so just walk in the spirit. Amen. Every time you go out, every time you go to your local church, Lord, use me. I'm willing. Um, do do what you have to do so that I can be used. Amen. It's going to hurt. You're going to cry. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's nothing more powerful and beautiful than living for God and allowing God to live, not only live inside of you, but to use you. And there is no limit to what God can do. God bless you, MOPs that are listening. God bless you, Sister Dasha, Brother Eliazar. Thank you for having me. It's been a blessing. Amen. Thank you, all of us, for joining us. There was some incredible insight shared on this podcast. I encourage you to uh, listen to it again, take some notes, and uh, share it with your local church, local youth leaders, any young people. Uh, and keep on the lookout for our episode that's released every month. God bless you.